Did Tennessee fix a big issue in the secondary? Well, Tennessee added to the secondary over the weekend via the transfer portal, plus another addition to the 2023 recruiting class. Who are those players? We'll tell you here on a Monday Locked on Balls. You are Locked on Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into a new week, a Monday show here on Locked on Balls. It is your team every single day, and this Episode is brought to you by Stat Hero. It's reshaping the way you play your fantasy sports. Dozens of house based games to play daily. No sharks, no funky props, just your skill versus the lineups that you choose. Sign up today. That's at stathero.com slash locked on. Thanks so much for making Locked On Balls your first listen each and every day. Subscribe to the show on YouTube. Would appreciate that uh, immensely as it is a busy, busy time here on Locked On Balls. Of course, the audio platforms wherever. You get your podcast. So, like I said in the cold open, Tennessee football, some new additions to the team via the transfer portal and via the recruiting class. We'll see who those are here in just a second. Uh, Tennessee basketball, I mean, tried every which shape and way, form, fashion to uh, to give that, that basketball game away, but a dominant first half was just enough to hold on over Arkansas in the regular season finale. We'll talk that, plus some odds and ends in segment three, baseballs, uh, good showing in Houston, Lady Vol softball, 5-0 week at the Tennessee Invitational. Lady Vol basketball came up short against Kentucky, who went ahead and won the SEC tournament, and some junior day notes from Tennessee recruiting. That's what you have to look forward to here on this edition of Locked on Ball. So let's tell you about it. Wesley Walker, he is a he's going to be a junior, or I guess maybe a redshirt sophomore. Nonetheless, he has three years of eligibility remaining. So anyway you want to spend it, he has three years of eligibility remaining. That's plus the COVID year as well. Um, his name is Wesley Walker coming from Georgia Tech, where he was a defensive back, primarily played as a nickelback, which is the star position here in this Tennessee defense. Uh, he came in, he came in over campus, uh, came to campus over the weekend, spent some time with the Tennessee coaching staff, Willie Martinez, Tim Banks in particular, already familiar with Tennessee because uh, his stepbrother is current Tennessee ball Tyler Barron. Uh, so he's very familiar with Tyler Barron. He played at Innsworth High School with Barron. Um, and with, uh, you know, knows Jackson Lampley, knows Cooper Mays, um, knows Hinton Hooker very, very well. So this kind of seemed like, uh, you know, a match made in heaven. After his high school days, of course, he went to Georgia Tech. His family moved to Knoxville. And so Tennessee was obviously one of those spots that Wesley Walker uh, was looking to come into when entering the transfer portal. So who is Wesley Walker? Well, he's a defensive back, six foot one, about 205. He played the nickelback slot for, for Georgia Tech and... Um, in three seasons, he had 95 tackles. I'm going to call it two seasons. And, uh, you know, he played in three games in 2019, his freshman season uh, before redshirting. But he only competed in – he played in two games, rather. He had three tackles. So I'm going to call it two years and really two games. That was some some limited time there uh, back in 2019. So 95 tackles overall. Uh, he had a pair of tackles for a loss, no interceptions, six passes defended, and two forced fumbles uh, with his time uh, at Georgia Tech, really in two-plus seasons. So Theo Jackson has gone, hoping to get a look at the National Football League. Uh, Tennessee does have players that can step up in his place. Maybe Kamal Haddon. Of course, it looks like he'll, he'll play a little running back, or cornerback, excuse me. Uh, maybe Brandon Turnage. Looks like he might be playing more cornerback. 
Uh, Danico Slaughter is there at the star position as well. So regardless, any way you want to spin it, those are some of the guys that will be playing. But if Wesley Walker can get on the field and make Tennessee better as a star player, I'll look for that to happen. So, you know, is this going to fix every single one of Tennessee's defensive problems? No. I mean, Wesley Walker, he, he's not – and he's not an all-conference player. He's not an All-American. Uh, but he's an experienced guy that's gotten better and better every single year since he's left um, high school. And he's a guy that's uh, a veteran now. And he knows he knows the landscape of college football. So if he can come in here and give Tennessee a look and uh, be ready to roll uh, you know, in this summer and adapt and, and grow well uh, during fall camp, maybe he can get a whole lot of run this fall uh, for Tennessee. But he has three years of eligibility remaining. That is Wesley Walker, formerly of Georgia Tech. Now, uh, to the class of 2023, Tennessee has picked up its fourth commit for the class of 2023, a wide receiver from Lipscomb Academy. His name is Nate Spillman. Uh, I wrote a story up on it at uh, VolQuest.com. If you're listening on the audio platform, I'll link it into the uh, until the description there. Six foot three, about 195 pounds. Uh, he starred for Lipscomb Academy, who won the Division II AA Tennessee State Championship this past fall. He becomes the second in-state uh, recruit to commit for the University of Tennessee. And that's big because in the class of 2022, uh, Josh Heupel only landed two in-state prospects in that entire class. And already you've got two uh, in the first four. So I think that's really, really big. Uh, his high school coach uh, is Trent Dilfer. If you uh, remember him, he's a former Super Bowl winning quarterback, a former pro bowler of the National Football League, played for a long time in the NFL. Uh, when I caught up with Trent Dilfer on Friday before writing the story, uh, this is what he had to say on Nate Spillman. He's the ultimate football player and teammate. They make a, they make very few like him. He's everything you're looking for as a coach. Nate is obviously very talented, but what, uh, but that's not what makes him so special. He's talented, but there's a lot of talented players who aren't winners. He is the total package. Along with being long, athletic, and tough, he has good ball skills and is a very good route runner. To me, that's not the headline, though. The headline is that he's one of the toughest guys on the team. He's a leader on this team. He probably works the hardest on this team and does everything to help you win. You're looking for guys who not only will help increase your talent pool, but will also help you uh, develop a better winning culture. He's done that for us, and he will do that for Tennessee. Again, that was a quote uh, from Trent Dilfer, Lipscomb Academy head coach, former NFL player that probably knows uh, what he's talking about. You know, for Spillman, and kind of in my scouting report, again, you can read this all at VolQuest.com. You know, he's long. He's athletic. He has long strides. He's not the fastest um, he'll work on his speed here. He's not the best route runner. He'll work on that more defined route. He's really just a big play. I don't want to say that because it's, it's almost like I'm, I'm downgrading him, but uh, he is a big play target for Lipscomb Academy. Uh, he can outrun anybody, you know, just on go routes, deep post routes. A number of his um, touchdowns came via that, that direction. He goes up at high points football and wrestles away on 50-50 balls. Um, something I noticed, too, on the tape, he's very aware. He knows where he is on the sideline, knows where the back of the end zone is, where the pylon is, uh, and that came into play big time for him this past season. Uh, another thing of note as well, Edwin Spillman is the younger brother of Nate Spillman. Nate Spillman just committed to Tennessee for the class of 2023. Edwin is a class of 2024 outside linebacker, very talented player. I think Tennessee will be very interested in bringing Edwin Spillman along next year as well. So can you get a little... Elijah Herring, Caleb Herring 2.0 maybe. Now, Caleb Herring has not committed to the University of Tennessee, the top player in the state of Tennessee. Um, really the number two player, but I think he's the top player in the state of Tennessee. That hasn't happened yet, but I anticipate that happening sometime this spring. Maybe via the Spillmans you get kind of a 2.0 uh, of that as well. So um, that's good news for Tennessee. I mean, is Nate Spillman a guy that's going to come in and win you a lot of games right away? No, he's a developmental player, but 
when you look at the tape and, and you see some things to work on and see some things to grow with with this Tennessee coaching staff, they liked it, so they took him. So Tennessee gets its fourth commit for the class of 2023, and his name is Nate Spillman. So that was some news from over the weekend, Tennessee football-related, roster-wide. Tennessee adds a player via the transfer portal, Wesley Walker, a defensive back that will likely slide into the star position, and he has three years of eligibility remaining, and then one guy that will get on campus probably around this time next year, and Nate Spillman, wide receiver from Lipscomb Academy. Okay, we got tons to get into. We'll talk hoops in segment number two. What's that SEC tournament bracket look like? And more odds and ends later on in the show, but I want to remind you guys about betonline.net. Football season's over. Basketball's full steam, both college and pro seasons. All the latest odds, totals, player props, to where the next coach fire might be landing, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the spot to get your scores, your podcasts, anything sports-related this season. And it's not just basketball, like we talked about, not just football. BetOnline.net, your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, right to that Olympic coverage that just wrapped up in Beijing a few weeks ago. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device. Sign up today to see the latest trends and all the action. BetOnline, it is where the game starts and we're, we're in the month of March now. March Madness, I guess, can officially begin since the regular season's over. You've got tournament action going on right now. The SEC tournament this weekend um, and the big tournament coming up next week as well. That means you need to start thinking about now where you're going to be running your brackets through. Are you going for the usual or are you going for the best? We've done our homework over here at Locked On. We're going to run our pools through runyourpool.com. Along with the standard brackets, Run Your Pool offers game types like Survivor and Pixums. Uh, they have options to edit scoring. They offer more intel on your picks. That's something that CBS and ESPN brackets just fail to do. If you've got a business, RunYourPool.com can help you take some of that madness magic alongside your employees or even your customers. They offer full white glove customer support, custom branding, and one of the newest three-minute setups that you are ever going to find. Clearly, we believe in Run Your Pool because, like I said, we're going to run our brackets there ourselves. There's no truer test than that. If you want to play against us for a shot at the cash fries, join us at runyourpool.com slash locked on. And while you're there, create your own pool with your friends and family. Enter Pure Madness at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. The rules and details will be made available there. That's runyourpool.com slash locked on. Enter Pure Madness for a chance to win a cash prize. We look forward to seeing and beating you there. Thanks so much for making Locked On Balls your first listen here today and every day. And make sure to check out the Locked On Bracket Breakdown March 14th right here on the Locked On Balls podcast feed and on the YouTube channel. College basketball experts Chris Gordy and Andy Patton, they're going to be joined by Lee Sterling giving you the in-depth breakdowns on every single matchup. That is the Locked On Bracket Breakdown beginning on March 14th. Okay, so Tennessee basketball completes the season undefeated at home. Blooper was in the house. Not a fan of Blooper, but I am a fan of the World Series uh, Atlanta Braves, as you can see from behind me on the YouTube channel. Uh, The trophy was in house. It was a big day. Big day, and Tennessee came out firing on all cylinders. I mean, Tennessee shot, uh, almost couldn't shoot any better in the first half. It just shot 50%. That's still a high percentage, but I felt like uh, more of those those buckets fell. Uh, It shot 9 of 12 from 3 in the first half, which was just incredible. 9 of 12 from 3, 75%. Just incredible. Um, on the on the flip side, Arkansas just made nine of twenty one, nine of twenty five baskets, thirty six percent from the field in the first half. Tennessee jumped up to, 
I want to say a 24-point lead at one point in time, just under five minutes left. 24-point lead for the Volunteers. Carried a 21-point lead heading into the halftime break. And Kennedy Chandler was just on fire in the first half. Finished with, I want to say, the majority of his, it might have been all 15 points, to be completely honest with you. Five of six shooting from the field, five of six from three. Um, he was incredible in the first half. A big reason why Tennessee... Uh, was able to jump out to that lead. Santiago Vescovi, who finished with 15 points, he was shooting well from the game as well. This is on the game numbers, 4 of 9, 3 of 4 from 3, and made all of his free throws. Um, again, Tennessee just just dynamite from the field in uh, the first half of play. But then there was the second half. Tennessee entered the halftime break, leading 21 to nothing, and it went sour. Tennessee still shot the basketball pretty well in the second half. Made 9 of 22, that's uh, 40%, so it's not great. Shot well from 3, 3 of 6, that's 50%. Um, but turnovers, turnovers were key for the Volunteers, okay? At one point in the second half, Tennessee had 9 turnovers in the second half, okay? That was as many as made field goal shots Tennessee had in that half. So I think it was a little less, a little over 3 minutes to go. Tennessee had 9 second half turnovers and 9 made buckets in uh, the second half. That's not a winning formula whatsoever. Uh, Tennessee just turned the basketball over so much, gave ample opportunities for Arkansas, who came out shooting well. I mean, sh shot well, not not dynamite, not like Tennessee was in the first half, but we're given so many different opportunities. Tennessee had 17 turnovers in this basketball game. Arkansas scored 19 points off those turnovers. Arkansas out-rebounded, just bullied Tennessee on the boards. That's what I said, you know, coming into this game, Tennessee's been rebounding and playing so well in the paints and, you know, and um, not just playing defense great, but rebounding great, right? That was not the case on Saturday. Arkansas out-rebound Tennessee 23-12 to in the second half. They had 12 of those offensive rebounds. 12 of the 23 rebounds in the second half had 12 of them on the offensive end, again, creating extra opportunities. So Arkansas had all this time to get in the get cut back into this lead, cut that 21-point uh, deficit down to about 10 just a couple of minutes into the second half, and from there, it was kind of a dog shoot. But Josiah Jordan-James, again, another solid game. Not a career high. He had that earlier in the week, 23 points against Georgia, but seven of his 12 points in the game came in the second half. He had a block shot. He had three steals. He was Tennessee's leading rebounder with seven. Uh, Josiah Jordan-James, at one point in time, there was a three-minute stretch where he scored all of his seven points of the second half in that stretch, and might not have seemed like a big, uh, you know, big at the time, but looking back, I mean, that stretch was huge to keep Tennessee um, out in front and ultimately able to, uh, you know, weather that storm from Arkansas. Arkansas is a good team. Again, Arkansas beat Tennessee 58-48 at home just a few weeks ago. Tennessee had more points in the first half at this game than they did the entire game at Arkansas. 50 points in the first half for the Volunteers in the first half. Only 28 points in the second half for the final score of 78-74 in this one. Again, Bescovy had 15 points. Chandler had 15 points. Josiah Jordan-James had 12 points. Zakai Ziegler had 13 points off the bench. Um, you know, for Arkansas, obviously, J.D. Note looked really good. He had 20 points. Uh, Stanley Amude had 15 points. And, uh... You had 15 more points from Chris Likes off the bench as well. So, rearview mirror now. Tennessee survives after that big, ginormous you know, first half lead. Also, one more note, both teams, again, just horrible free throw shooting teams. Arkansas, 18-27 from the charity stripe, 66%. You make half of those, you're walking away a winner in this game. Tennessee made 20-30 free throws. You make half of those, that makes a four-point lead, a, a four-point advantage, a nine-point advantage, right? It looks a lot better, so... 
you know, it's just two teams that just didn't take advantage of, of themselves at the, at the charity stripe. Kennedy Chandler, 0 from 3 from the charity stripe in this one. 0 for 3. He continues to just not be a good free throw shooter, uh, despite being just a great player here as a freshman. And um, honestly, that's going to hurt his stock this summer. It will. I mean, it really, really will. But he's so dynamic. He's done so many good things so far here in his freshman season. But free throw shooting has not been one of those. So uh, put it in the rearview mirror now. Tennessee stays undefeated at home only for, I, I believe, the fourth time in program history. So, yes, that is an accomplishment. Tennessee wraps up that number two seed. Everything was chalk on Saturday. Kentucky handled South Carolina, or excuse me, Auburn handed South Carolina to get that one seed in the outright championship for the regular season in the SEC. Tennessee took care of Arkansas. It's the two seed. Arkansas is the four seed. And Kentucky beat Florida to wrap up that three seed. So if you look at the SEC tournament, you have ten, the top four seeds like we've been talking about, Auburn, Tennessee, Kentucky, and Arkansas all get the double bye, and they will be in action first on Friday, March the 11th. That's this coming Friday. Uh, it will get going on Wednesday, however. The 13th-seeded Ole Miss Rebels will take on the 12th-seeded Missouri Tigers. That's the first game at 6 o'clock. The second game, you know, a little after 8 o'clock Eastern time, will be 14th-ranked Georgia, 14th-seeded Georgia. These are seeds now, mind you, and 11th-seeded Vanderbilts. So the winner of 14 Georgia, 11 Vanderbilt will take on Alabama on uh, Friday. Mississippi State, the 10th seed, and the 7th seed of South Carolina Gamecocks are already set to play on Friday. The winner of Ole Miss and Missouri will take on the 5th seeded LSU Tigers. And uh, the first game on Thursday, well, this is, these are Thursday games, excuse me, is a uh, 9th seeded Florida and 8th seeded Texas A&M. Now, the winner of that game will take on the top seeded Auburn Tigers on Friday at 12 o'clock noon Eastern. The winner of LSU and, of course, the the, the playing game essentially on Wednesday will take on uh, the number four seed Arkansas. Tennessee will play the winner of uh, either 10-seeded Mississippi State or 7-seeded South Carolina. Whoever wins that game will be Tennessee's opponent to kick things off in the quarterfinals on Friday. That game will be at 6 o'clock Friday evening. And then Kentucky will play the winner of Alabama and whoever wins on Wednesday between Georgia and Vanderbilt. So a lot thrown at you right there, but, um, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll tweet out this uh, – this bracket, and of course you can find it pretty much anywhere. That is the SEC tournament bracket as we head down to Tampa now for the SEC tournament. It feels really weird talking about Tampa being the host site for the SEC tournament. I feel like it should always be in Nashville, but nonetheless, Tennessee handles business. It was shock across the league in that regard. Tennessee handles business. It's the two seed and um, a chance to win the tournament. Hadn't won the tournament in quite some time. Of course, yeah, you want to win the tournament, don't get me wrong, but you want to you want to you know go go far in the in the you know in the NCAA tournament. Something Tennessee's looking to avenge its uh, its loss from last year to Oregon State. So a great regular season for the University of Tennessee. Really really good. Really really solid at points and times we didn't know, uh, but it continued to evolve and get better and find its footing even after um, even after a, a star player like. Uh, Olivier Cumwall was out due to injury. So congratulations to uh, the men's team. All right, we will come back, tie in some uh, loose odds and ends, take a look at some other Tennessee sports from over the weekend, a little bit of the junior day chatter uh, from Saturday. But first, let me tell you about Stat Hero, okay? Man, do I love March Madness, all right? And I love those brackets, but I can't remember the last time I actually went deep or even won money. You know, does that, does that sound like you? I'm hedging my bets this year with Stat Heroes NCAA Pick'ems Contest. 
Stat Heroes NCAA single game pickums pits the star players against each other in an amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling. Take control back from those handicappers and always seem to have the advantage. Start focusing on the players you know best with a gameplay that doesn't rely on big spreads, large odds, or, or funky props. All right. Stat Hero gives you the advantage, resulting in their game winners four times more often. Why? Because StatHero.com eliminates the mystery about who or what you're going up against. In addition to their pick'em games, they also have dozens of lineups you can comb through and take the head-to-head. All right. In addition, or they simply post sets of players to, uh, for you to take on the site and uh, set those players from the lineup you choose. Stat Hero is the easiest and fastest way to get your sports action fix on this March Madness season. Simply sleek gameplay with all the playing in minutes, and this is what daily fantasy is meant to be. All right. So sign up for free right now at stathero.com/slash locked on for 100% deposit match. Again, I'll say that again. Sign up today at stathero.com slash locked on for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on for a 100% deposit match. Terms and conditions will apply, but check out Stat Hero this March Madness season right now. And Bill Barr, we told you all about the marshmallowy puffs, the new flavors that are out there covered in 100% chocolates. Bathing suit season is right around the corner. Hey, I'm going to the beach at the end of May, man. I am so excited. Got a... a beachfront house just just chilling right there i walk out the back door about 50 yards i'm there i am pumped um and something that i'm going to be eating between now and then is a is a healthy alternative to some of those you know those nasty snacks that just aren't good for you those are built bars okay 130 calories four grams of sugar four net carbs 17 grams of protein and oh yeah covered in 100 percent chocolate it is Great for you if you are looking to lose or maintain weight. Because, I mean, compared to a normal candy bar, it's got somewhere around 240 calories. Check out all the amazing flavors like mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond. New flavor this month is white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious. And the new flavors are coming out all in time, all the time. All right? If you think a flavor might be good, chances are Built Bar is going to try it. So go to Built.com right now. Use that promo code LOCK15, and you're going to get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off. That is at Built's. We got a final segment left here on this Monday edition of Locked On Balls. Forgot to mention, hey, tomorrow's Twitter Tuesday. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, get me in your Twitter Tuesday uh, here in my DMs at underscore Kaner or at Locked On Balls. You can take over the show, ask me whatever you want. That is uh, at underscore Kaner and again at Locked On Balls. All right, big weekend for Tennessee sports outside of you know, really football and men's basketball. There was a lot going on. Tennessee baseball was at the Shriners uh, Collegiate Classic in Houston, Texas at Minute Bay Park. I'm very jealous I could not go and cover uh, that game because I love to see ballparks. That's my goal, to see every ballpark, um, you know, even the ones that aren't active anymore. And um, that's, I've, made it, I've made it about halfway through. That's a little something about me. I made it about halfway through, uh, but it hadn't been a Minute Maid yet, so I should have went and covered that game. But, yeah, maybe next year, right? Um Tennessee took on number one Texas on Friday. We talked about that was going to be a tremendous challenge. We're going to learn a whole lot about Tennessee. What we learned, Tennessee fell 7-2, to so it looks like a lopsided loss. Boy, Chase Burns is the real deal. He is that 19, or he is the 18-year-old true freshman, turned down millions of dollars to come play for Tony Vitello and come play ba- uh, baseball in the SEC. Uh, the freshman went five innings strong, gave up two hits, surrendered only one run, 10 strikeouts in that Friday evening start, Evening start, excuse me. The game started at 9.35 Eastern time. Goodness gracious, it wasn't over until like 1 a.m. Uh, walked one, struck out 10, 
on 81 pitches. So Tony decided to uh, go to the pen uh, in the sixth inning. Tennessee was trailing, I think, at the time. I guess it was. Uh, I guess it was. A, it was a tie ball game at one one, right? Uh, Tony goes to the pen in inning number six. Goes to Camden Sewell, who is that stopper and one of Tennessee's most valuable arms. Won the day for Camden Sewell. Uh, only gets one out in the six. Gives up three hits, three runs. Uh, two of them earned one walk and faced five batters. Will Mabry came in, gave up two more runs, and uh, secured the rest of that inning. Ethan Smith pitched later in the game, gave up a run in two thirds of an inning. Mark McLaughlin came on. A lot of hit, but uh, uh, was able to escape that last inning without any damage. So uh, Tennessee's bullpen uh, lets down Chase Burns in a tremendous start Friday. But again, this is Texas, the number one team in the country. Uh, you know, Chase Burns is going up against his counterpart, uh, Zeb Hansen, I believe is his name, and he's an All-American. Uh, he, you know, he's a study. He went six innings, gave up one hit, and uh, struck out five. So when you stack up the two on start to start, it was Chase Burns that looked like the better pitcher the other night. But nonetheless, Tennessee falls in the opener on Friday night by a score of seven to two to number one Texas. But Tennessee does respond, and that's something that Ben McKee and, my, and I were talking about on the Diamond Balls podcast, a little bit of here on Locked On Balls. We're going to find out a lot about Tennessee because this will be the first time they face adversity all season long. Tennessee comes back, doubles up Baylor on Saturday, 10-5 the final score. Chase Dolander, not his best day at the office of getting the start. Three innings, four runs. Um, he struck out four, but uh, Tennessee got good play from the bullpen. Kirby uh, Connell came in and gave him four innings and two-thirds, surrendering only one run on four hits. He had four strikeouts. Ben Joyce hit triple digits a couple times. Uh, he came in, allowed a hit, but got one out and got out of the inning. Redmond Walsh picked up uh, the last inning there, uh, pitching a uh, pitching an inning there in the ninth. And so Tennessee did what it was supposed to do and took down Baylor 10-5. to Coming in on Sunday, uh, Tennessee just ran all over Oklahoma 8 to nothing. Uh, Drew Bream got the start, stretched out a little bit, went five this time, gave up no runs off two hits, uh, walked one, struck out six. Mabry came in, looked a lot better compared to Friday. McLaughlin came in again. And, uh, you know, pitched an inning. Ben Joyce came in again, walked one, struck out one, but was unscathed. Redmond Walsh went an inning and two-thirds on Sunday and had three strikeouts, struck out the, or struck out one of the sides, I believe. But uh, the bats came alive on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, what was the highlight of probably the weekend, Christian Moore had an inside-the-park home run, which was really, really cool to see. Uh, Jordan Beck had a home run on Sunday, so... Um, Tennessee, about what we expected, 2-1 and one on the weekend with some fierce competition. Uh, they did a really, really nice job in that one. Uh, Lady Vol softball went 5-0 and on the weekend, took down Virginia on Sunday in the Tennessee Invitational. Wanted to make sure that that was noteworthy, and we mentioned that. Uh, Lady Vols basketball won on Friday night, lost on Saturday, 83-74 to Kentucky. Alexis Dye had a really nice game, 26 points, 10 rebounds. He had Ray Burrell, 16 points, 8 rebounds, and 2 blocks as well. Tamari Key set the single-season blocks record for uh, the Lady Vols uh, with 4 excuse me, with two blocks in the game, uh, but that's quite impressive when you think about all the greats that have come through this program. So uh, Tennessee falls to Kentucky, 83-74 in the SEC tournament semifinals. Keep in mind, Marta Suarez hadn't played all year. Jordan Horston is not playing. Um, you know, Tennessee lost uh, a couple of others as well. So it's it's been tough in terms of injuries and just trying to deal with those injuries for uh, Kelly Harper and this club. Finishing the uh, this portion of the season, regular season SEC tournament with a 23-8 and record, 11-5 in conference play. And uh, that will bring us to uh, some junior day highlights for the University of Tennessee. I'll mention that Nate Spillman went ahead and committed to Tennessee on uh, Sunday afternoon. 
others who made headlines at Junior Day for the University of Tennessee, which is a big-time uh, football recruiting weekend. Uh, you have a couple of those in the springtime where you just welcome like 100 prospects on campus, a chance to go and see campus and all that type of stuff in a, in a short amount of time. The headliner this entire weekend is the California quarterback, Nico E. Maliava, and uh, he's been here Looks like he's having a really, really good time. Hopefully, we'll have a write-up or some sorts of something at, at VolQuest.com. We plan on catching up with him uh, before he leaves town on Monday. But he was the headliner, of course, the five-star quarterback. Others that kind of moved the needle this weekend, Jeremiah T. Lander, a linebacker from Georgia, really filling Tennessee after his visit. He's a talented player. Christian Conyers, the number one target for Tennessee on the defensive backboard from Bowling Green, Kentucky. It'll come down between Tennessee and Kentucky, but he and his family really like Tennessee. He had a good time here on Saturday. Uh, Justin Brown, in-state wide receiver from Blackman High School. He and his family were here. They looked like they had a good time. Nathan Robinson from Greenbrier, who continues to just get bigger and bigger and bigger. Rodney Garner just sees him and sees all the potential there uh, for him and maybe a five-technique down the line. So, um, you know, nothing huge from this junior day, but Tennessee did help themselves out a lot. I spoke with uh, Mark West Taylor, an athlete from West Tennessee, McKenzie. He had a good day, so we'll continue to have coverage of that at VolQuest.com if you want to check it out. But the big fish that was here over the weekend, five-star quarterback Nico E. Amaliava and um, – he uh, that that's I mean that that's a that's a program changer right if you can reel him in so we'll see exactly how his visit went went when we catch up with him uh, later on uh, on Monday before he leaves town that will do it here for a Monday show a lot thrown at you we talk Tennessee new additions from Wesley Walker and the transfer portal Nate Spillman for the class of 2023 recap Tennessee surviving over Arkansas Saturday in the hardwood to finish off the regular season undefeated at home and then we talked a little odds and ends here in segment number three baseball in Houston Lady Balls can up short in the tournaments, Lady Ball softball, and some junior day notes. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Don't forget, Twitter Tuesday is tomorrow. Get me in your questions, your comments, and your concerns. And as always, thanks so much for making Locked On Vols your first listen. Now for your second listen, Locked On the NFL Draft. The Combine's just wrapping up tons of notes. We'll get into those notes Tennessee football related later in the week. But check out Ryan Tracy, former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker. They bring the NFL draft to live every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. That is the Locked On NFL Draft. Twitter Tuesday tomorrow. Subscribe to the YouTube page. Continue to help me grow that page. I can't thank you guys enough. Really appreciate it. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. But until then, enjoy the rest of your Monday, everybody. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.